Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, let's try this again. This is Season 2, Episode 4 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and doing our introductions once again because we messed up the first time, our original Trinity member, Brandon Davis, is back with us. Hello. Matthew Mueller is back from uh, paternity leave. Yes, I am back. We had a bigger welcome back for you, but that was in the first version of this take. Also, I had a different name at that one, too. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what was your name then? You said Mueller. Did I? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. You had an alias change. I don't remember everything that happened in this show. I've changed so much since that mysterious episode. Okay. Well, uh, Matthew Aguilar, if that is his name, is also back here from wherever he allegedly was. Uh, But Congrats on Papa Hood. Yeah. 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 Congrats. Now, moving on from you to other more important things. Wow. We're having a nice <laughs> little reunion in this studio because uh, an old work buddy of mine is joining us today remotely. Mr. Ben Kendrick, uh, editor, managing editor of ScreenRant.com, is with us. What's up, Ben? What's up, buddy? From the site that uh, you cannot you can make. Hear yeah, me. You can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. It's yeah, like, on this version of the podcast, works. now you can actually we can actually hear our guests. Yeah. So this is awesome. Like we just come <laughs> yeah. um, long strides in the last ten minutes and two takes yeah. of this. So, uh, yeah, as Ben alluded to, you guys have heard me joke on the show about the site I cannot name for legal reasons, and now I don't have to because he's here. Uh, you could connect the dots, but we were all work buddies, and uh, yeah, we worked for many years on that other site. And about ten years ago, Ben had a nice idea. He came to us and he was like, "Hey, you guys want to start a podcast?" And we were like, "Dude, like, did you hit your head? What are you talking about?" He's like, it's radio, but like for the internet. And we were like, yeah, that'll never work. And so he did it anyway, despite all our objections. And we started a fun little podcast that uh, got really popular um, and uh, blazed a few trails. And now I thought it'd be fun to bring you back and kind of have you jump on with us today. So it's a nice little reunion for all of you who love that uh, earlier podcast. Uh, We'll send you out a little social media thing, letting you know this thing is happening. But Ben's with us today because we have a lot to talk about and break down. We're going to talk a little bit Marvel because we've had some shakeups with the Doctor Strange 2 director's chair. We are going to also talk about the first trailer for Did Jesus Mine, which is not as uh, controversial as it may sound right now. We also need to talk about some of the big things that just came out about Disney Plus's 2020 plans and schedule. And we are going to do a spoiler-free review of Birds of Prey, the latest DC movie, to hit theaters. So we're going to do a spoiler-free review today. The next week when you all have had a chance to see it, we'll come back and do a full spoilers breakdown of Birds and Prey with of Birds of Prey with you. So, jumping right into our news segment today. The first thing we're going to talk about as I said is the big shakeup in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the latest one. 
which is we knew that director, uh, Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson had vacated the director's chair over creative differences with Marvel Studios. Basically, the gist was that we felt like he couldn't make the kind of horror-themed movie he wanted to make for Doctor Strange 2, even having succeeded with Doctor Strange 1, and so he kind of parted ways. And we've all been wondering who could take over that space and make a, deliver a really good kind of thrilling Doctor Strange movie that deals with this multiverse of madness. And last night we got word that original Spider-Man trilogy director Sam Raimi is in talks for Doctor Strange 2, which has sparked, as you can imagine, all kinds of reactions from the Marvel fandom. Me, personally, I'm kind of good with this. I think Raimi is a very unique filmmaker who can take something as crazy as an idea about some kind of demented trip through the multiverse and make it into a good cinematic event that is also kind of offbeat and unique in an identity. But I know that uh, based on our first run through this conversation, I know that everybody <laughs> at this table doesn't feel the same way. So, BD, how do you feel? Matt, how do you feel? And then we'll hop over to Ben. Uh, I'm into it. I think we had a conversation earlier today in the office where uh, Charlie Ridgely said that he was very much looking forward to Scott Derrickson's version of this movie. <coughs> Excuse me, that might be coronavirus. I was out of the country. I hope you're okay. Glad I'm remote. Glad I'm remote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's not. I hope everybody's healthy. And so Charlie pointed out that he wanted to see Scott Derrickson's because he really wanted to see Scott Derrickson's brand of horror in this movie. And we pointed out that, you know, Scott Derrickson's brand of horror is not one that the mainstream audience that Marvel likes to reach, and that's how its box office does so well, uh, would necessarily respond to. Uh, and that might be why they like kind of parted ways. And then Sam Raimi, you pointed out, is a great guy to do that. Also, I'd like to point out, Sam Raimi once reeled in Avi Arad. Like, Avi Arad is a big idea guy, and he really has some crazy <laughs> ideas sometimes. And That's he one was way of putting it. able yes. to work on the Spider-Man movies under Avi Arad. So uh, I think that he, if anybody, like, he's going to be able to do a really good job. I think he's a really interesting pick. And, like... We rattle off a million names. It's our job to sit here and tweet and write and make videos about who can replace people or play certain roles or be cast when we know a character's coming. Uh, and when this Scott Derrickson job on Doctor Strange 2 opened up, we all said a bunch of names. None of us said Sam Raimi. And we're all like, well, they did it again. They None of the names we picked, and it's still a really good choice. Yeah. I, I am not as high on this now yes, that you I've are had, the now that I've had a chance to succinctly <laughs> get my ideas across. Uh, I'm not as high on this. I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I just am not as high. I was very much like Charlie. I wanted to see Derrickson unleashed. And yes, I have had a minute to deal with the news that he's not part of this, but Ramey isn't enough of a replacement where I'm going like, okay, well, they're still going to let him do some really cool horror stuff. And balance the mainstream. I look at that as a safe pick uh, with a little quirk. Uh, main reasons being that I've recently watched rewatched the last the first three Spider-Man movies, and aside from Spider-Man three, which I know is kind of this redheaded stepchild, the first two don't exactly hold up when you compare them to current uh, superhero films as we know them. To me, so I'm not exactly thrilled to see that brought into the MCU um, again. Raimi's done a lot of other things, but, you know, I haven't really liked a lot of his recent output over the last maybe six to seven years. A lot of it's producing. I get that. But I haven't loved it. Uh, I look at this as a pick kind of akin to Ron Howard and Solo. It's going to be a fine movie. It's going to be a safe movie. It's going to have parts that I love, I'm sure. But overall, I look at what could have been with Derrickson, and I won't have 
I won't have my my ceiling's not as high. Well, Raimi could make a better movie than Derrickson. He could make a worse movie than Derrickson would have, and we'll never know. You gotta. I think that it comes down to: Is he going to evolve with the times? He made those movies for a time in cinema that was over a decade ago, yeah. and he made them really well for the time. I was really young when I watched them. Yeah. I loved them, but everybody also I know that I watched them with, whether they were younger than me, older than me, my parents, my friends, my cousins, anybody. Everybody loved those movies. They kind of. Were the evolution, along with the X-Men movies at the time and the Dark Knight yeah. movies at the time, that kind of set up today's kind of golden age of comic book movies. Yeah. So, But I didn't love Crawl either. And I didn't like the stuff with, like, I haven't liked his recent output even okay. aside from those. So, like, you know, we'll see. But, but I'm going to see it. The first wait, Doctor wait, Strange let, movie let wasn't that good. That's in. right. Let our guests get okay. in. Ben, what do, you, what do you say before BD goes in on Matt, which I do love to watch, but <laughs> I want to give you a chance to kind of weigh in here. Yeah, no, I think I think what Matt was saying about it being the Ron Howard kind of pick is is kind of along where I am with it. I would say oh that my God. I'm, we gave I'm you not, a chance just, to speak. Hold on, and this hold is on. what you did with it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as negative as uh, I'm not as negative as that, but I do feel like it's kind of a safe pick. It might be worth it for me if this means we're going to get to see a multiverse Tobey Maguire like with this Doctor Strange or something. That could be kind of a fun way to make this all all sort of worth it for me. But I I'm sort of in the same boat. I. I feel like it's not the most exciting choice. And what was cool about Derrickson was he was an exciting choice and he was unique to the MCU. And I don't know that this is this is really going to be as much that this feels like a bit like, I don't know, kind of like the sort of thing that they would do when they don't have Scott Derrickson, I guess. My God, I never Matt. Just we need to have you all more often. When I I threw Ben to you, I never expected him to agree with you in any kind of way. That's not what I wanted. I don't see how Doctor How Scott Derrickson is like such a bold choice. He made the first Doctor Strange movie, and it's one of the most. It's a fine movie, but it's also one of the most forgettable MCU movies. Also, like Sam Raimi. I mean, you guys are like. I feel like Sam Raimi lived long enough to become the villain. Like, you're talking about the dude who made Evil Dead, like, as yeah. like a safe choice. When the yes. hell did we get to this age? <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I, I, bo- both of the, I'm not trying to disrespect the first Doctor Strange movie, and I'm trying, and I'm also trying to agree oh, with what Kofi's saying. Like, these are all, I don't so know. Are you how- trying to straddle the line? That's odd for you. No, those are, I, <laughs> those are both, on, oh, wow. those are both on the same argument. I think Sam Raimi's a great choice for this, and I think he might be a better choice than Derrickson. And I like Derrickson, but I don't know why you guys are so convinced that Derrickson was the only person who could make a yeah, great I Doctor mean, Strange. Dude had made he already it's, made a very average It's almost crazy that and, like, I don't feel uh, nowhere like either... in our discussion did we actually say those words. We never said he can't make a good movie. We never said it won't be fine. You I said, said I don't like choice. I think he's a safer choice than Derek. I'm saying the dude who made Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, and all those movies is like, yes, that that's not one, a safe choice. Okay, one, Evil Dead was like, some of these movies you're quoting were not like last year. They were a while ago. So I'm saying like, yes, yeah. I am interested to see what he does now. I'm not saying I hate You're it either. Right. Ever since Sam Raimi took that turn into rom-coms, it's just been I'm vanilla. just saying I haven't been thrilled with a lot of his recent output. Okay, that's fair. Okay, uh, that's, that's yeah. fair enough. I, that's fair enough. I think that's, but, uh, just that's to be fair, Devil's Advocate, yeah. Scott Derrickson had only made Sinister like before he got chosen for Doctor Strange. Yeah, Fred. Sinister's really no, good. He made a movie and it was, before that, too, a really good one before that. And also, though, the point was Doctor Strange was good despite feeling like Marvel was kind of keeping the clamps on. We want this to be a mainstream thing. We're trying to get a very mystical and offbeat character, even in the comics, to a mainstream audience. So once that's established, you feel like in the sequels, they're going to let that go a little bit more and let him with Nightmare. I wanted to to see what Derrickson could do. Matt's going to get so triggered by what I'm about to say. 
Oh, it's gonna be good. I know he's gonna hate this, and what? a lot a lot of people probably are gonna disagree with me. Is it gonna be I about Captain Marvel? A lot of people are pick. gonna agree Ooh. too. <laughs> this is about Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther. The Russo brothers made all of them more stylish and interesting. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. That's not factual. Black Panther. That's, that's, that is crazy. That's just false. No, yeah, not on a character I don't even have to debate that. Uh, it's just trash. You can send your tweets to uh, <laughs> you can, uh, at right, Davis. I wouldn't let me talk either. You like, look at Black Panther, like look at his action sequences in Civil War and then in Black Panther. He moves better in Civil War. The core, like the choreography of the fight scenes, he moves like a comic An book action hero. scene does not a you character. Do you, I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about <laughs> how to, like, and Doctor Strange, you can't argue with me that Doctor Strange was not more interesting in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame than he was in, in Doctor Strange. Well, uh, in those movies, he had like people to play off of. He was just uh, Doctor Strange by himself. In the, in the and he movie. was already established. Same thing like, with Black that's... Panther for that matter. And like, when you take the, and no, I don't think that Civil War's epic fight scenes or whatever were more interesting than the world of Wakanda we got in Black Panther. Like, I can't remember. The world of Wakanda is one thing. Such a Russo apologist. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I, you, you love look it. At the one air, dinner with Joe Russo. At the look, air, I'm a Captain Marvel fanboy, but I admit it, all right? <laughs> look at the airport battle in Civil War. And uh, this is not about Black Panther, this whole conversation, but this is just what, where I'm trying to root it because that's the defense you're taking. Look at how Black Panther moves in that fight scene versus any of the choreographed scenes in Black Panther. The movie as a whole makes Black Panther far well, more interesting. Yes, that, like the Russos are better at directing action than some of these other. Yeah, which okay, they enhance sure. different things. Ooh, they, Marvel, <laughs> like the, in two <laughs> movies with less time with Doctor Strange, they made him as a character more interesting. Okay, but you're also leaning on the crutch, and we're not going to get too far into this. But you're leaning on the crutch that everything you're saying are all these epic Marvel character team ups, which are inherently more interesting and able to build into much cooler things than just an entire solo movie about one character. So I, like, yeah, I Black Panther looks awesome when he's just fighting Iron Man and all and everybody else. Like there's there's ways you can make that fight more interesting than when you, he's just trying to do like standard action sequences in a movie. Like, I feel like we should let Ben talk because he has good opinions. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we also got to move on. So we're not gonna get, we've, we've gone way off the point to like arguing about whether Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Doctor Strange are even good movies. But uh, yeah, but I'm not arguing ben, if any of them are good movies. Sense. That's like, not... what should we do to get us through this angst? About Sam well, Raimi. He's making stuff up. I don't know up. how to heal what's going on like on set with you guys right now necessarily. I tossed the grenade. We do that here. Yeah. I think I think it was just, you know, like I was excited to see what Derrickson would do with a second film. I'm sorry that he didn't get that chance because I do think, kind of like Matt was saying, I think the clamps may be a bit on on the first one because it was a Doctor Strange origin story and they were trying to get a lot of stuff done. I wanted to see that kind of blown out. But Raimi, you know, he made Spider-Man 2, which is like among my top favorite like superhero films of all time. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. All right. So that'll do it for this. Uh, me and BD will be just sitting here saying, I told you so when Dr. Strange two is much more awesome than Dr. Uh, yeah, Strange one. I, I can't Were there other topics? topics? I feel like this was the no. main topic. We want to do 30 more minutes. <laughs> this is more. I this feel is like we can do 30 topics, more But we're going to move on because we got a new trailer today <laughs> that takes us back to the world of the big Lebowski. John Totoro has uh, gotten up and written and directed a spinoff of The Big Lebowski about his character, Jesus. You don't mess with the Jesus, man. Uh, the uh, kind of creep bowler from The Big Lebowski. And uh, I didn't know how this was going to go. I, I mean, I'm a big, oh. big Lebowski lover uh, ever since that movie was in theaters. And I just randomly didn't know what I was walking into. I just was with a bunch of high school friends and had a 30 pack in a place we needed to drink it. But then I was in, like, somewhere around beer three. I was like, wow, this movie's actually really interesting. So It's crazy that you said 30-pack and you meant beer. I thought you meant a Crave case, but that's fine. Whatever. 
Nerds. All right. So I didn't know how a spinoff of Jesus was going to do, but uh, this first trailer for the movie, for, for the Jesus spinoff movie, Jesus Rolls, it's actually pretty funny, and this actually looks pretty good, and I'm kind of now really excited to see it. What we get is this weird road trip movie with Jesus and Bobby Cannavale, um, who is his old friend, and then they run afoul of, like, John Hamm as, like, a criminal. Oh, God. And, and they meet this lady who's, like, a hooker slash hair washer and, like, end up meeting Susan Sarandon. And it, it was just all crazy. And it's, like, a weird mix between a Coen Brothers movie and a Tarantino movie is kind of what it feels like. Um, but it just looks funny as hell. And John Turturro is really jumping deeper into this Jesus character in a way that, like... I, I haven't seen a kind of spinoff I've been this most interested in about a kind of comedic relief character since Better Call Saul. And uh, I'm kind of now really excited to see Does he Jesus care about the rules yet? No. Oh, no. He just commits crime. It's clear this Jesus cares. <laughs> He's stealing cars him. and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, you have to assume he doesn't, right? <laughs> no. He cares nothing about the rules. I wonder if they're going to touch about the whole thing with him and, like, kids and that whole thing from the big Lebowski. So that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. But uh, I suggest you go to comicbook.com movies and uh, check out that trailer for Jesus rolls. Anybody out this? I mean, I, I, I think that I just love how in on the joke it is. It's, it plays like it plays it serious, but it's everything's with a wink and like, it's just, it's great. I really was not expecting much out of this. And after the trailer, I was like, okay, you got me. I'll go, I'll go see that. It looks fun. Scott Derrickson's not directing. I mean, I don't know. It's not going to be as good, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're a big Lebowski guy, right? Yeah, I was really skeptical about this movie, to be totally honest, from when it was first announced. But I, I agree. I liked the trailer. I thought it was kind of funny. It's very they seem to be doing kind of a different thing with sort of it being a road trip movie and the wacky characters they meet along the way. So it's kind of nice. They're not just like planting him back in the world of Big Lebowski necessarily. They're sort of taking him on his own journey. I like that. I'm I'm curious to see it. I <laughs> my confidence is not still super high, but the trailer got me got me excited for it. All right. Well, that'll do it because we don't have too much to go in on on that. Go watch the trailer. Tell us what you think. Hashtag Comic Book Nation. We're going to move from that small little movie to a big movie that's coming our way. The Matrix 4. So we got The Matrix 4 is now filming. It's actually happening, y'all. This is not like another almost Matrix thing that's happening. It's it's The cameras are rolling. The Wachowskis are out there. They're shooting. And we saw some first set videos of Keanu Reeves back as Neo. And it looks like he walked right off the set of The Eternals um, or something because <laughs> I don't know what's going on with both these movies right now, but everybody's just getting their coffee shop outfits on, their beanies, <laughs> their trench coats. It's like everything is now set in Seattle or Portland or some ish like that. I don't know, but it's crazy. Um, but yeah, nothing too exciting to report yet, uh, but it is curious. We see Neo just like walking around a city in like, is, a, yeah, like, like homeless. In a beanie. Yeah. Yeah. Like either like hipster or homeless somewhere along that line. These days, you can hardly tell the difference sometimes. He could be a major celebrity <laughs> or a homeless person. They all seem to dress the same. But uh, he's kind of Was like, that a jab at Billie Eilish? Uh, Billie Eilish, Jared oh. Leto, a whole bunch of people. That was a jab at a lot. Oh, Jared Leto does it. Yeah. <laughs> I was specifically thinking, <laughs> I didn't think about that. everywhere. I'm great. I was specifically thinking that Keanu Reeves looked like a lot like Jared Leto in that photo. <laughs> like, it's like he's like making fun of Michael Morbius or something like that. But um, – Yeah, so I thought we'd just talk about it because, uh, I mean, this is an interesting take. Uh, It's an interesting – it's just a set photo, obviously. It could look way different. They don't have the green filters on it. We don't know if this is like a new version of The Matrix or the new real world or whatever. I mean, because obviously a lot of post-production will have to be done to make this whatever is in the movie. But it was an interesting choice in outfit that got my eyebrow raised. BD, you covered this. Uh, what, do, what do you think? 
I mean, I'm nobody's more excited here for the Matrix Four than I am, and it was just like, oh, that's John Wick. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he looks like John Wick. He doesn't look. I think it's a definitely a choice to keep his long hair. I, I like. I feel like in that outfit, it must be to differentiate him from the Neo of the Matrix's past. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's got to be a new Neo who maybe isn't aware yet of what he did before. That's what I was thinking. Or. Maybe uh, some version of that. That's the only. That's what I think is happening, and I think it's kind of him discovering. Like he's looking up at something, and he looks kind of astonished at whatever he's looking at. Maybe it's Yahya Abdul Mateen. I, I I don't know what role is he plays. He's the lead actor, dude. I mean, Yahya is everybody important. He could be the new Neo. Maybe it's Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, um, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see when this kind of assembles into a team because Carrie Ann Moss is back too, which I'm super excited about. Like when you have Neo Trinity and whatever Yaya's character, we don't know the name of we Yaya's any- character, whatever the name of his character ends up being. When you see them as a, a, a trio, not Morpheus. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> That's Morpheus. His name right now. Uh, but I mean, and whoever else ends up being on their little team, yeah. Like seeing them, are they going to be in all black leather, long coats again? Is it going to be something new for today's modern styles? Whatever it is, that's what's going to get me excited. This is like, oh, cool! It's, they're actually shooting the movie. I'm excited because I didn't believe it would happen, and I think it's a new Neo. Okay, yeah, I, 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 new Neo. Who this? Uh, following that white rabbit. Yeah. So I mean, I thought we'd just talk about this because there. I mean, we haven't touched on the Matrix Four in a while. And uh, while this is all going down, there's been some a lot of casting news, like nothing earth shattering, but like some pretty recognizable faces. Uh, they got iZombie actor, uh, something Caldwell. I forgot his name. I just had and Andrew Hugo Weaving's not coming back. That's uh, I mean, Priyanka Chopra. That sucks. They're bringing back the Meryl Vingian is suspected to be back. That guy. Uh, one of the actresses from Sense8, I forget her name. Is Harold Perry? Oh, there's two going actors back? from Sense8. The guy yeah, who played the German dude, and then the um, the Spanish, the uh, Latin girl who was friends with the two with the gay Latin actor dude. Uh, so she's in it. Yeah, I mean, there's just they've been loading up this cast. Jonathan Groff. Yeah, Le- Lance Reddick. Or no, that's Jab. That's John Wick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Martin. So like, yeah, I mean. They got a pretty stacked cast in here of like some solid actors, and I'm kind of really curious what the story angle is going to be. I thought that was the funniest part of seeing this, like this being the first look that we get at the Matrix Four, is that there's all these amazing actors in the movie. Some of them are returning characters that are very like, like Meryl Vingian, like you were talking about. And this world is so sci-fi that what we get is this shot of just like Keanu Reeves on the street or something like that. Like it, it's one of the it's it. it we used to talk about this a lot, Kofi. Like. The optics on things like this are just so weird. Like, you know you're going to be shooting out in public. Like, why would you at least not release, like, something that, you know, has one of the characters in costume or something to just give you a taste of what, like, the production design is going to look like and what what they're really building up to here. But, you know, I mean, this was funny from that standpoint, but... I mean, like, that question within Warner Brothers leads me to, like, the Batman just started shooting. Do they not care about that stuff? Or are we going to get a bat suit soon? Are we going to get Matrix 4 costume stuff soon? Yeah. Fox yeah, does mean, it really well. Yeah. They I did mean, it with Cable and Deadpool. Yeah, they and know Donald. when they're exactly. going to start shooting yeah, yeah. to yeah. get ahead of that stuff. That's and it's it. just yeah. like, yeah. Like, just get ahead of it. Like, right. Yeah, so people see the set photos and say, okay, but imagine this and, like, give us, like, a promo image. Because if yeah. you're out shooting in the streets, you've, you've done costume tests. Just do it. Like, yeah, like a production tests. start announcement yeah, with a so couple like, of images yeah. so that we can use them instead of having to use the leak. We wouldn't even, we probably wouldn't even cover these leaks on Instagram if we had official photos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we would. But. 
So open up the Matrix. Let us in. Yeah, we would. So we'll be keeping an eye out. Now that it's shooting, um, we're going to be getting a lot of this stuff coming at us. So we'll keep you guys informed about all that. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get into our deep dive segment where we are going to be talking about the new Disney Plus Marvel or Disney Plus general plans for 2020, plus our review of Birds of Prey. And since Matt is back, he's going to take you guys through what new comics are here this week. So stay tuned for all of that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okie dokie. So now that we are back, let's talk about Disney Plus. So BD's been uh, pretty vocal about how Disney Plus needs to step its game up. Disney, if you're listening, that's what BD said, not the rest of us. But uh, he's I haven't opened that app since 2006. Mike, stop it. <laughs> stop it. But uh, no, you were one of the people who was like, you know, after Mandalorian was like, why do I still have Disney Plus? And like, because I signed, I got tricked into a three year subscription. And so now. <laughs> three years? Yeah, they offered a three year Oh, that's four, right. You got the four dollars yeah, a yeah. month oh, if you were at oh, D23. They got and I was D23. like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. I got the it. Verizon free year. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 I have <laughs> Verizon. I can't even use my free year with Verizon because I yeah, signed buddy. up at D23 before I knew about that. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Verizon. Uh, I was paying monthly until my wife was like, nah. And she got us, yeah, she got us hooked up. So you thought you were going to D23 for scoops, but they got you. Huh? They got All my right. And I said thank you. Yeah. That's the worst kind. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? <laughs> but people were kind of lamenting that Disney Plus was dried up. And I mean, arguably, if you are in kind of like the 18 of adult, 18 to 35 demographic, and you're just still like a single or just married adult who doesn't have kids running around like I do. Then it's understandable that, like, yes, after The Mandalorian, you probably don't click on to Disney Plus as much. Um, but that's all going to change in 2020, so strap yourselves in. So we found out some uh, crazy new things. First and foremost was the schedule that we're going to get, which we were all kind of speculating and wondering about. So Disney Plus is really going to make its move in the fall, where we're going to get six episodes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier on August 20th. Then we're going to get new episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2 on October 20th. I believe is it. They have the date? Uh, yeah. It's oh. October 20th. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, we're going to get WandaVision sometime, is it like December. December 20th, I believe, or sometime around that Christmas late, late year. Whoa, it's coming that late. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically- It's like WandaVision's coming this year. Woo! WandaVision's coming the end of December. Oh. I didn't know that one. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's the catch-22. But basically what it does is it creates a block- where you have to have Disney Plus from basically August through the end of the year. And for no time until then. Yeah, I mean, arguably, if you're in BD's yeah. situation, it might be a when hard stretch. When does Loki stretch. come? That's 2021. That's 2021. Yeah, yeah okay. that's the thing. You make a good point. Like, if you don't have kids who are watching cartoons, or you don't just have a huge level of nostalgic appreciation for the classic Disney stuff, which, I mean, I think it's cool, but I don't re-watch any of it, I have no reason to open the app until August. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll find some ways. They'll do get you back in there. Maybe, um, hopefully. They're yeah. not even putting Lost on there. They sold it to IMDb. 
Yeah, nobody wants that. We want good TV uh, shows. What? Did you really think it wow. wasn't going to happen? <laughs> ben has something to say here. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was thinking back on our conversation before we actually even started recording where we were talking about kids. And, like, everybody here at the Screen Rant office, like, that has kids loves Disney Plus because they just plunk their kids down in front of that thing. It's safer yeah, than YouTube, that kind of thing. But, yeah, for, for someone like me, I just got a wife and she barely is interested in watching The Mandalorian. Like, once I watch The Mandalorian... There's not a lot for me on there either. So I am excited about this slate because it shows at least there'll be something to be bringing me back. You know, it sounds like once a week at least or something once we get into the fall. Now, I will say, doesn't in that vein, I don't know when the release date is, but isn't the Lizzie McGuire revival coming this year? Isn't that uh, I don't know about that. As a, I, I think that yeah, is no, coming. And me. my wife is extremely excited <laughs> to see the Lizzie McGuire <laughs> revival. Uh also, uh, I know they just said like High School Musicals, whatever season two is coming. I will just say, if you are looking for something, I just recently started rewatching Gargoyles, and the first like five episodes hold up extremely well. I was like very surprised. I thought it would be trash. It the was high not. pitch in your voice convinces me you're lying. I was, no, it's really good. <laughs> Even my wife was like, "I'll watch this with you." I was like, "Yeah, that's you right." You do have been laughing with newborn though. I think anything's like interesting to you right now. Like, I mean, well, it's partly yeah, that's fair. <laughs> there you go. That's very I've fair. been there. But um no, so yeah. So we knew like I mean Disney Plus shot out of the gate early and they wanted to get ahead of these streaming wars. Um they're still not massive with Netflix. They've gotten 28 plus million subscribers since October, but they're still not eating Netflix's lunch. Uh, Netflix is still holding strong because people are setting Well, Netflix their has new content four times a week. I don't know how Netflix makes any money they produce so much, and then Disney doesn't produce anything. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's neither here nor there. I think people are just setting yeah, their ways. That's just so, like, your grandma knows, about. like, my mom knows that streaming service is Netflix, and, and that's it. And to her, that's... Yeah, the there's a button on her remote, right? Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, like, yeah. now it's so integrated that it's like it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be yeah. much harder to dethrone them than than initially thought. And I'm interested to see like how these smaller streaming services like HBO Max or Peacock even hope to like make an impact. Yeah, but also like you talk about Netflix and Netflix takes so many chances and they're creating their own IP. Like, is Disney Plus going to have a Stranger Things? Uh, a six, not that Six Underground is a good movie, but a Six Underground, which is an original movie, not based on anything that came before it. Like Netflix has so Probably many. Not. Like, Probably not. I don't think I can't see Disney doing that. Disney's going to keep it until on, Pixar starts producing movies for Disney Plus. But to be fair, like Netflix. Yeah. To be fair, that's not necessarily a negative to Disney because. Who else has the IP sitting on the IP that Disney is? Yeah. Like if you, well, I mean, Netflix yeah. got rid of everything and went original IPs, to yeah. get rid of paying licensing fees and like get get out of that market. They they did it as a answer to the market. Right. Disney has so much IP. Like yeah yeah they can't make or they're not going to make any original stuff. But they don't have to. They right, I'm just saying that's the advantage Netflix has and what they're going to have yeah. to rely. Oh, on. Oh no doubt. You know, that's, that, that's, that's going to keep them alive. And if you haven't watched The Circle, it's really good. I don't know about that. But. <laughs> Circle's so good. Okay. Well, we're getting off topic. It's a reality show. So, there's also, well, they got 10 Marvel shows in development. And though, it's not like... Moon Knight! And they're going to get <laughs> more Star Wars stuff in development. We don't know what they're going to do with, like, the 20th Century Studios properties and stuff like that. How long until um, we get an Avatar TV show? That, you could, I mean, you could arguably, Disney Plus could arguably produce another Die Hard spinoff. And they I mean, they could. Alien like Predator. And eventually, once they get, like, their branding... First, I mean, there's still a lot of steps. Right now, everything's just Disney. But, like, once they get the 20th century brand worked out and kind of, like, throw that under there as a sub thing, I think we'll see, like, a lot more pointed aims at that adult demographic, that 18 to 35, where they can give you more things like rated R movies and stuff like that. Because right now, 
they're just not they're not set up for it. They don't have it all kind of filtered out the right way, and they're still working that out. But once that hits, uh, I'm going to be interested to see what it becomes. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving right along, that's what we're going to. So there's going to be Disney Plus stuff to uh, if we're all still here in the fall. Disney Plus will be here with some hot content. Yeah, you look at me like I'm crazy. Where am I going? <laughs> we just Dude, avoided World War Three. Do you like understand what January 2020 was trending on Twitter? World War Three, well, yeah, coronavirus. Exactly. Like, we're we're not doing too well in 2020. We so lost far, Kobe. Guys. Like, yeah, we lost. Like, there's been major tragedy, major anxiety yeah. concerns. Like, Oof. things going on. So, like I said, if we're here in the fall. Then we'll have a Disney Plus block. Oh, sorry. You're a new parent. I shouldn't be telling you. He missed all very pessimistic <laughs> yeah. for me right now. But okay, cool. We're going to be here. Everything <laughs> Don't is going to be fine. Jeez, We're good. We're good. The world well, is Let's not talk about how fire. the world is going in a right direction. With Birds of Prey. We're going to move right along. Birds so, of Prey. Ben and, uh, ben and Brandon have both seen Birds of Prey. So they're going to take us through a little non-spoiler review of the movie and tell you guys whether or not you should still be jaded about that DC movie curse, or if this is kind of breaking the mold in delivering us. Uh, after Joker kind of delivered something new, is this movie kind of not at all like Joker, obviously, but delivering something different from the previous DC kind of universe that we got with Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, and is this kind of another step in the right direction? So uh, take it away, BD and Brand, uh, Ben. Oh, it's the same exact movie as Joker. I'm just kidding. They have nothing in common. They literally have nothing in common. I really thought you set off another grenade right no, there. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's uh, I I like this movie. I I thought I I don't I didn't love it. I thought it was good. I did not like the first act, and I was really worried that I was just gonna like report back and be like, oh, this movie sucked. Everyone's gonna be mad at me for saying this movie sucked, but I just didn't like it. And then. If there's a moment at the end of the first act, it does kind of. I don't want to. I don't think this is very spoilery, uh, but it's it's very Deadpool esque in its storytelling, especially in the first act, uh, both in fourth wall breaking and in how Deadpool does the whole "I'm going to tell you the story of how we got here" thing. And when it gets to the payoff of how we got here, uh, that's when it really starts rolling for me. That you get the new, you get other characters. I think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is great, but and this isn't a jab at her. I'm saying she's great. I think the other characters were better than her. I think she's the weakest link, but she's still very good. Ooh. That's just how much I liked Huntress Canary and Renee Montoya. Um, and it's just wild. I mean, it's super, it didn't have to be R-rated. I think you could have got the same quality movie without an R-rating. It has a few very violent sequences, especially one that opens the movie, and a lot of F-words. But if you cut that out, I think you have the same movie. It does make it a little bit more fun. It is just a super fun, crazy, doesn't give an F, but gives lots of Fs ride. Uh, and, but, and the MVP for me is Ewan McGregor. Like I, I thought his Black Mask is so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to hate. Like This movie hates misogynistic idiotic men so well and it's so much fun like he he plays such an idiot this rich guy who's just cocky and dumb and just menacing and he does it so entertainingly like you it's so much fun to hate him and wish bad things upon him like there's just one sequence in particular where one thing doesn't go in his way and the thing that he wants is a bad thing and it's not going his way and he goes why is this happening to me? And it's just like, oh, I hate you so much for wanting sorrow because you're just a dick and you're a bad person and you have everything anyway. And I thought the movie, like, he, opposite everyone else and what it does for these women and how badass they get to be and how empowered they are, like all that, it just makes a really good second and third act and results in a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with a lot of what BD's saying. Like, I think, 
I liked Harley Quinn in the movie. I think it's it's clearly like a story about her, you know, like emancipating herself from the Joker and finding finding value in herself and, and stuff like that, which is cool. But I would agree, like the other characters, I, I wish that there was even more of them on the screen. I don't feel like we get to know Huntress as much as I as I sort of wanted. I think especially probably of the of the three additional cast members. Um, but yeah, it is really fun. I I didn't totally dig what they do with, with Zaz. I don't know how BD felt about that. I felt like you know, he's sort of a B-list character in the in the Batman series anyway. So, you know, it, it, it isn't the biggest crime of the movie, but that was a bit of a question mark for me. But but yeah, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask is a lot of fun. And he is, he's very quirky and very weird. But there's also like, especially in the third, there's also a very, very like menacing moment that is like almost is incredibly uncomfortable to watch. Um, and that, exactly that really... I exactly talking about. Yeah, and it's... It really brings like the themes of the movie together and and kind of what what these women are fighting for. It's it's really that is was really powerful. And I'll say like I I think the action in this is also significantly better than what we saw in in Suicide Squad. Like what Harley gets to do, I think especially, but we've seen it, you know, you've seen it teased in the trailers and and everything when they're all fighting together is is really really exceptional. But there's a sequence that Harley has alone where in a in the basically the police department. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that either. And like, it's a very long sequence of her fighting that is just brutal, but comical and like very in keeping with the character, the way she's moving. And, and it's just a, it's a joy to watch. It's like, it's really, really fun. Really, really fun. Yeah. I think you can tell. I mean, I remember when this movie was in production, everybody was melting over the conversation of reshoots. And I think what you're talking about, a couple other scenes, like the movie benefited really a lot from bringing in Chad Stahelski, I think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, nobody knows with absolute yeah. certainty which scenes are his, but there are scenes that really look very John Wick. Very Stahelski-ish. With, yeah, with Harley Quinn at the center of it, and they make the movie better. And that's good. That's a good yeah. thing. Like, yeah. anybody who's going to complain about reshoots, I mean, so obviously on the other only movies, they this were. movie is good is because of a man beating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mathion oh did a great job too. Christina Hudson oh. wrote it. She did. She wrote a really fun movie. I'm I don't care. But I'm saying. I'm just saying. I think Chad Stahelski, like David Leach, <laughs> benefits from having Chad Stahelski. So oh, yeah, no, no, doubt. no doubt. But Chad Stahelski does some next level things with some of the action sequences. Yeah. And also, I wanted to point out. You talked about uh, the third act, like what the women go through. Renee Montoya's story specifically, I think people are really going to enjoy because it, none of it is like on the nose, like we're trying to send a message of empowerment. It just all fits really organically and it worked so well in this movie. I really, really well, like that, that aspect. I love Rosie Perez. To this She's day. great. Well, She's was, great in it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, like, because you brought up two characters that I'm big fans of. So Huntress, specifically like non-Earth 2, Elena Bertinelli, Huntress is my jam. And my worry looking at this, and we even talked about it on the podcast before, this looks like a Harley Quinn movie, not a Birds of Prey movie. And more and more with every trailer that I kept, I kept feeling that way. You said she was a little underdeveloped as a, as a character, but I mean, did you like Winstead's Huntress? I yeah. mean, does that, does that yes. feel like a character? I like, yeah, I liked it a lot. I think, I think, I wouldn't even say necessarily underdeveloped. It's just, she's just not on screen enough for me. Like okay. I, and you don't get quite as much of her as a dynamic with the group and we don't get to dig. I mean, maybe a little bit underdeveloped, but it's not that that isn't because what's what's given to her is bad and she's underdeveloped in the way that you would say like an underdeveloped character is. It's just yeah. she's not given nearly as much time to to sort of marinate as like we get with Harley. And I think behind I think the scenes the question, do they keep her and you and McGregor are largely separate in the movie? 
Kind of. Yeah, they're not, they don't share, the two of them do not share yeah. much screen time. Because they can't. <laughs> right. Why? Oh, you don't remember that? No. Oh, man. So, so like, right before this movie shot, which is why I was shocked when I heard the casting. So, like, right before this movie shot, um, Ewan McGregor did that season of Fargo where he played those two twin brothers. And one of the one, the loser one, like, was his lover was Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who played, like, a kind of Midwestern would-be criminal, like, in the Fargo tradition. And they actually, like, hooked up on set during that to the point where they got, like, spotted out by the paparazzi. And that, like, wrecked Ewan McGregor's entire marriage. And, like, after that, like, right after that, they broke up again. And, like, and after, like, Fargo was done, they broke up. Did not know that. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) when they said they were both in Birds of Prey together, I was like, what? Oh, uh, like, yeah, they don't really share the screen very often. I didn't yeah. look like they shared the set very often. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's why I was kind of curious about that because I've heard about I didn't her know performance that. in this being like cut to cut down. And I was like, how much of that is the story, and Ooh. how much of that was just like I don't want to see this dude. Yeah. So, and that's the T. So does this movie at all with YouTube? And I know don't want to go into spoilers, but so does this connect to anything? No, not okay. really. Is yeah. this I, there, there are some uh, very obvious and and I mean like outright explanations of the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are not just references. I mean, outright talking about the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, it does v- the minimal, like, I mean, at most a photo on the wall Yeah. Okay. to set up the Suicide Squad. James Gunn's the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think, I think BD's like, those are, there probably are two things in particular that really will jump out at you as being like, okay, so this is in the same you know, in the same chronology. And one is an explanation that Harley gives of, you know, her life up until this point, which includes events from from the previous movie. And then the other is, I mean, he alluded to it, there's a photo on the wall that that is referenced in kind of a, in sort of almost like a fourth wall breaking moment um, yeah. that would also directly, would also directly connect it. And you see, you do see shots from the previous movie. I think when she's recalling, um, her transformation into Harley Quinn, they do show the footage again of her like falling into the Acme uh, chemical pit. And it's the same footage of her going down as as it was on the last one. Right. Yep. But she so gives like go. kind of a summary of everything. So it's like if someone, you know, if someone didn't see the first one because they heard the reviews were terrible or they didn't like, you know, for whatever reason, didn't see it. I don't. No one is going to be lost when they go see the movie. So but you should watch Suicide Squad now this weekend. I mean, Oscar season's here again, and makeup. Yeah. What's what I think one of the impressive things it did is I watched this movie and I never felt an urge. Like, and this is this happens to me when I watch a DC or a Marvel movie. I always want to see other characters. Like, it's just fun to see more characters, especially characters you know. I never really watching this movie thought I wished I was watching the joke. Like, I wish the Joker was here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that was an impressive feat by by Kathy Yan and Christina Hodson. Do you yeah. guys now want to see a Gotham City Sirens movie where Harley yes, Quinn maybe I, finds yeah. a group I, where she belongs? More. I, I want to see that. I want to see Poison Ivy uh, really badly, but uh, but more so. My what this movie did for me more than anything was make me want more of the actual birds of prey. Yeah, I, I really think Journey and Mary and Rosie were so good in those parts, and and adding to them or switching out the roster, doing anything like that, like I'm there. So you really mean you mean Batgirl? Yeah, you need Hudson to do Batgirl. You need Batgirl, and then bring, <laughs> I'm stupid. I mean, I'll say it right out. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I even before that, I've been stoked. I want to see this. I want to see Gotham City Sirens. I want to see Batgirl, and then I want to see an epic. Uh, yeah. Birds versus sirens, kind of. Yeah, like team a up. 
where they fight each other and then have to unite to kind of beat somebody. Much I also would love, like, again, because of of our gray area of what the Batman, if it's connected, if it's not, what it, whatever it is. At this is, point, I'm just saying it's not. W- which would be yeah. interesting because one of the things I loved about the Gotham City Sirens series was how they actually had the Riddler in the books as like this kind of not really a black. He was essentially like kind of helping them and, and giving them assignments sometimes and like helping them fund things. Like he was doing all this kind of their sidekick work and it was really interesting stuff. And so it's kind of like, well, if the Batman establishes Riddler, then is that casting stuck? Like that brings up some of those, but I would love the Riddler to also be At this involved. Point, in. I think the Batman should be its own continuity. Yeah. Whatever gets thrown into this leftovers of the DCEU should be new cast. So would you be okay though, if, if the story comes up like organically and the opportunity presents itself to have Robert Pattinson's Batman movie existing on its own plane of cinematic continuity, but also bring back like Ben Affleck for this story. If you want to incorporate more Gotham, more Batman. Yeah, I would. Cause I'm all for that. Yeah, I'd be totally I don't for care. that. And I don't care if the average moviegoer can wrap their head around that. I'm yeah, all for it. I, I'd be uh, like, we they can do it. We we got through Joker successfully. Everybody understands. Everybody's cool. Like I don't know if everybody understands. Well, <laughs> I mean, as Matt points I, I've out, I've encountered as, some people, yeah, man. As Matt points out, there is a lot of dumb people that he's always yelling at, and they don't. And but so, the majority, but you can't get it enough. You can't leave the majority gets it, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, after the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight trilogy, and seeing how that worked out, I just keep it on its own and just make this its own. I'm cool with this. It. Is Batman biggest... has enough characters to make his own little mini universe, yeah. and this is the biggest, most successful connective thread we got going right mm-hmm. right now from the DCEU. Besides, I guess Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but they're kind of playing standalone games right now. So this is actually connected. So yeah, let's just keep going with this thread. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie Agreed. can actually handle this. So I think the All Suicide right. Squad is going to be a home run. Yeah, same here. I really and do. I think yeah. like between this movie. So the Suicide Squad, and if we get a really good Batgirl movie, like we're set. Yeah. Well, Agreed. Christina Hodson said I interviewed her last week. She said she confirmed Batgirl is going to be uh, Barbara Gordon. Yeah. It's not going to be Ella J. Basco's Cassandra Kane. So, oh, good because yeah, no, right. It's gotta you, yeah. you can't like to me. Well, anyway, there's going to be a whole legion of people that say like love Cassandra Kane, and I do too. As sure, Finn. I don't love her as Batgirl. No. So yeah, it's always Barbara. I, that, I know. So that's yeah. great news. Yeah. I mean, let's get that done and. Start moving this thing forward. All right. So that'll do it for Birds of Prey. Like I said, we'll be back next episode to give you the full spoilers breakdown of the film. But to end today, Matt, take us on home. What comics should we be buying this Wow, look at that list. Well, so because we're doing this not on our regular Wednesday show, I feel like I can talk spoilers a little bit uh, in certain ones. So spoiler warning for just some. I'm not going to go through big spoilers for all of them. Uh, Just the ones that's pertinent. So uh, Buffy number 12, uh, if you've been enjoying... Hellmouth is somehow still going on. It's a long event. feels like it's been going on for like three years now. (laughs) Such a loaded loaded event title. Every time I hear it. Hellmouth. But Buffy's good. Buffy's Buffy's fun. So, I mean, if you like that, cast of characters is doing some really interesting things with the verse uh mighty morphin power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles number three uh this series is balls to the wall fun casey jones shows up i thought you were full of crap but when you were gone i had to look over some of these things and it is pretty fun it's fun casey jones shows up in this and it's like we already have a green ranger shredder yeah uh next issue or this issue at the very end teases that the turtles and april neo are going to become get their own morphers and become the new power rangers so you're going to get a bunch of cool designs uh which you should very much pay attention 
into comicbook.com for hint hint hint, hint. <laughs> um but like so it's fun like it's just ridiculous the writer is a fan of the old TMNT movies and Power Rangers so it's like the perfect person writing this uh so I also have Disney Pixar The Incredibles 2 Slow Burn number one uh for the uh younger group uh they've been putting out some really fun comics uh, that are great for all ages so definitely check that out uh Predator Hunters 3 number one a uh, new series set in the Predator universe so if you're into that uh Orville season 1.5 volume one if you this series has actually been uh been getting a lot of love uh from the community who follows the Orville so it's all the first part is in uh, trade, so you should definitely check it out. Uh, Batman number eighty-eight. We're still continuing on the post Tom King era. I'm curious, have you been keeping up? I can't. I, I, I'm really having trouble jumping into this thing. I'm just gonna. I'll get to the Joker War when it actually happens. Yeah, I'll read that event. But I'm having a lot of trouble making the switch from the excellence of Tom King to the okayness of Tyrion, like like or whatever his name is. Yeah, Tynan. Yeah, Tynan. Yeah, like yeah, it's. Man, that City of Bane was so good. And that's how I feel. I feel like it's fine. I don't feel like I'm just invested. It's just something I read at the moment. Until we and get to feel, Joker War, feels, maybe we'll I get I mean, that. let me be honest. I'm going to read Joker War, but it feels like just we're back to gimmicks instead yeah. of real storytelling. Like, I love City of Bane for being a Trojan horse that sounded like this epic gimmicky storyline. And then it was like this very intimate Batman yeah. story. And this just feels like it's like we have punchline is coming a new Joker, yeah, no. Martin Harley Quinn. You know we're reinventing Harley yeah. Quinn as punchline, and it's just like it just has gimmicks on gimmicks on gimmicks. So I'm gonna try to keep with it because Batman was doing really well for a while. There. Yeah. So I'm just going to try to stick. Um, if you're looking for more Harley Quinn, actually, I mean, there is some great stuff that's been done. Uh, Harleen has actually been a really interesting black label uh, three-issue series. Uh, this week actually releases uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, which while Joker is in the headline, it's really about Harley Quinn as a – it's kind of like this alternate take on her. She's a cop. She's investigating a serial killer that is Joker. And so it's very much like – she also teaches like a class. It's kind of like watching – a. Um, oh gosh, uh, that C- CBS show uh, that I'm blanking on when it, Criminal Minds. It's kind of like watching one of their breakdowns of a serial killer. It's like that in comic book form, and she's very much following a trail set. It's very interesting. So there's a lot of different takes, but yeah, Batman's take hasn't been my favorite. Uh, we also have Lois Lane number eight, uh, which is Greg Rucka has been doing a great job with that character, and that and issue nine actually has a preview uh, very soon. So you should check that out. Uh, Ant Man number one. Uh, is coming as well as Conan Battle for the Serpent Crown number one. Uh, for the people who like Conan, there's also Savage Avengers number zero, which kind of it's a really big issue that reprints an old story. Uh, but Conan is very much playing a part in the current Marvel universe. So if you're interested, this is one to check out. Uh, there's also Dark Agnes number one, another. Conan character that's coming into the books and getting her own series. Uh, we also have Immortal Hulk, Immortal Hulk, Great Power number one. Uh, I have not been the biggest Immortal Hulk fan, but Jim sings its praises every month. Uh, so does Jamie. So I imagine it just hasn't been my cup of tea, but I've never been the biggest Hulk person. But evidently it's very good. So this is its own little mini series. Uh, Marauders number seven uh, is still, Marauders is still the best X book to come out of Dawn of X. Yeah, uh, it's out. still keeping that up. Callisto is in this issue, and there is an amazing sequence where Callisto reunites with Storm, and it's just like a pitch perfect. Like Jerry Duggan just gets these characters, uh, so very much should check that out. Marvel's Avengers Hulk number one, which is a prequel to the upcoming game. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number one. Uh, we were talking a lot about the Kylo Ren series and how that's supposed to. It's kind of doing what 
A lot of people wish Rise had done Star Wars Darth Vader. Uh, a lot of people like the new Star Wars series that's come out for a lot of the same reasons of like, well, we would like to see this movie form. People are kind of saying some of the same stuff about Darth Vader number one. Yeah. So uh, if you're yeah. kind of... You want that Darth Vader movie. If you're feeling kind of let down, uh, Marvel's current job with the Star Wars books is very good. Uh, we also have Spider-Verse number five of six. Uh, we have Strike Force number six. Uh, and then X-Men Fantastic Four number one, which is uh, fantastic pun. Hint, hint. That's a great pun, right? No, it's good. Uh, Artwork kind of sucks, but it's good. What? You don't like Dodson? No. Also, why did I say that so high? No. Uh, <laughs> it's a great it's a great book, though, because Reed, for all of... I always felt like Reed Richards as a, as a character is very pretentious and a little full of himself, uh, very condescending. And this book, like, proves my point in spades. <laughs> and he's no better than Xavier. And he's kind of a jerk. And this has, like, a great moment. This book is really about Franklin Richards picking whether he's going to be on Krakoa because he is a mutant or if he's going to stay with Reed and his scientific-minded stuff. And it's it's really like that's the premise, but it's very much a family drama, and it's really interesting. So if you're also, a fan of either, check it out. Interesting thing that you can find on a comicbook.com Marvel, uh, Fantas- X Men Fantastic Four also does a risky move of kind of redefining the Fantastic Four's powers and where they come from, and in doing so, also teases the first possible explanation of the entire nature of superpowers in the Marvel universe and what it comes from. And uh, it's very Star Wars midichlorian. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little trepidatious about this um, because, yeah, they, they're Reed Richards because they do Hickman charts in this. And one of them is Reed Richards data entry about him researching the nature of superpowers and where that where that search is leading to this big theory about where they all come from. And that each Marvel character with superpowers is access is a different totem of this central power and it's very midichlorian-y so uh hopefully they don't trip over their own feet with that one but uh finally take us out which uh, last one oh. yandu number five so that series is coming to a close it's been fun i've enjoyed yandu uh but that one will be coming to a conclusion and so. you missed one of your lists what captain was- america the end did i really miss so captain we'll america put it the, at end? the end yes oh my bad so captain america the end yeah I, by the way have you been reading? Because we've had like six. The no, end I books. don't like the end stuff. I tried to check it out. Yeah. Like the Miles Morales stuff. And like, I, I like what if, but I don't like the end. Okay. It's never going to stick or be the end. So. No. It's just kind of like, eh. Though Captain Marvel, the end was actually. And really plus good. like Tom Taylor did something much better, like deceased. Like that was a much better. Here's the end of the world story. I totally. I, hey, I can't hate on that. Tom Taylor is. The man. Um, this is just not my cup of tea, but they're not bad. I mean, there are some interesting things that they posit as yeah. interesting theories, like Captain America's blood will save everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. But that's it. Matt, glad to have you back. Now we know what comics to buy. I've been just flipping through comicsology like aimlessly the last few weeks. And uh, it's good to have you back, buddy. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank Ben Kendrick from ScreenRant.com for joining us on this episode and uh, showing we have some we know people besides just the people (laughs) in this room. Um, Yeah, thanks, Ben. It was good to do this with you again. Yeah, for sure, man. It was fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And Rob and I are cooking something up, so you, we're gonna have to have you guys on at some point. Oh boy! All right. Oh, you cooking up competition? You shouldn't have said that. No, no. it's not direct. <laughs> not direct competition. Yeah, we're just, just upset we had you here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you want to plug yourself and plug uh, what you do, why don't you drop that free promotion? Yeah, where no, people can find you. That's all good. Just like read Screen Rant. You can follow me at Ben Kendrick uh, on Twitter. So yeah, that's it. I won't. I won't all plug right. too much. I won't plug too much. No, it's all good. 
If you guys are just now turning in, tuning, turning in, we're not a TV show, now tuning into the show, <laughs> we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates of the show, or you can listen on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, or you can find us, video of us, on the comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to continue the discussion about anything we've talked about today, hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation. And you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. You can hit me up at Matt Aguilar CB. And if you like the show and are a listener and you're enjoying it, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review because we're coming up on another junction where we're going to be reading some uh, listener reviews. And if we read your five-star review from iTunes on the show, we send you some free Comic Book Nation swag in the form of an awesome T-shirt. And they do not skip on the thread count, so they're good T-shirts. <laughs> so... Get on iTunes, leave us that five-star review. That's, a, that's, so that's amazing. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you know we got to have random outros, bro. You know how we do here. Oh That'll God. do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. You guys have a good weekend. Enjoy Birds of Prey, and we'll see you when we come back. Peace. Peace.